0: Someone, I feel like someone made it up at the last second. It's like, oh, and they go to um look around the room. There's a stick. <laughs> they go to Limbo. Uh, that's it. That's where they're going.
1: I'm Ann McNamee-Keels. And I'm Stephanie Chavera. And this is Lapsed, a podcast about growing up Catholic. And we want to hear from you, so don't forget to follow us on social, at Lapsed Podcast. We're everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, lapsedpodcast.com, lapsedpodcast at gmail.com, and you can call us at five zero five six lapsed Steph, what are we talking about today?
0: Today we are talking about baptism.
1: We are. We've mentioned it before, but this is a hyper-focus on Catholic baptism. Zeroing in on it. All baptism all the time, at least (laughs) for today.
0: Except for now, which we're going to do Catholicism in the news. Exactly. Do you, I have a couple things. Do you have anything? The one thing I saw was not so much about the Catholic church, but about Catholic schools.
1: Okay. I don't
0: know. It's it's all the news, all the rage right now. People are talking about how uh, test scores across the nation have been plummeting. Oh, like everyone, math scores are really the lowest they've been. Is this post-pandemic or everyone's blame? It says it's because of the pandemic that this happened. Got it. And of course, it's primarily affected marginalized communities. Ugh, test scores are stupid. Except <laughs> that it wasn't; it didn't have any effect on Catholic school kids. Ah, interesting. Yes, they were spared the learning loss.
1: Is that in comparison to other? Private schools, too?
0: Uh, I think it's just in comparison to everybody else. Interesting.
1: Maybe they because they're saying they're Hail Marys.
0: There's something called the Nation's Report Card, and that's where this test result came. And I th- so I'm assuming it's mostly like public and probably
1: charter schools. Yeah. That's my guess. I mean, a lot of Catholic and private schools did not close. That's uh, why I think there was no change. And a lot of kids also moved from public to private schools, like people who wanted to keep sending their kid to in person. They saw
0: no change in Catholic school kids' test scores. Interesting.
1: I'm also curious like Catholic versus public test scores in general and Right. Interesting. That's, you you want context? <laughs> I can't give you context. It's probably just they've all been praying uh and Mary interceded on their behalf. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So what do you have for the news? Uh, one is an article that came out, yeah, in early September that I've been meaning to talk about. Okay. The author's name is Hugh Turpin, who and he apparently wrote a book about this topic. The headline is Collapse Inside Ireland's Stunning Rebuke of Catholicism. I mean, He seems like maybe around our age. Talking about sort of a shift happening in people's, particularly millennials and younger, maybe, attitude toward catholicism in ireland you know he opens it by saying i remember well the feeling from my catholic school days in dublin in the early 1990s we could laugh at catholicism we could ignore it but we couldn't openly question it and we rarely (laughs) asked why this was which is similar i think to some things you and i have talked about like those were sort of the options yeah as a kid it felt like like it was okay to poke fun at it of like the day-to-day But it was like your little sibling kind of thing exactly that catholicism is my little brother (laughs) (laughs) he then goes into the history of ireland kind of being marginalized in in that part of europe and using this idea of being devout catholics as making them different from the english and sort of as a a symbol of national pride historically for a long time it was almost like you were being a bad citizen if you were criticizing the catholic church like Mm -hmm. somehow those were linked in ireland Mm. but that a lot of folks now are really taking the church to task. You know, I think we had our, our caller last season, Moira from Ireland, who talked about a lot of parents whose kids are younger now kind of really feeling disillusioned with the church after clerical sexual abuse. Um, he also mentions things like the history of the church in Ireland, um, Magdalen laundries for wayward women. Yes. There were, I guess, industrial schools for troublesome working-class children, so kind of like, you know, send them to schools to work, you know, kids who problem children or whatever, and mother and baby homes for, for women who were pregnant outside of wedlock, and then babies were usually taken from their mothers. So he really talks about how young adults now are really grappling with these parts of the church and... And this is the first time that Ireland has really seen a a major backlash. Mm. He sort of talks about how every generation has been like slightly less religious than the last. And that is pretty normal. But that there's this particularly this real accounting of what what the church has done and its sort of serious crimes, which I think we're seeing in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. But Ireland is so darn, so darn Catholic. Yeah. It does seem like an interesting kind of phenomenon ha- happening there.
0: Yeah, I can see why you might want to like, cling to a religion as a sense of identity, mm-hmm. as separate from England or, or whatnot. So, how do you cling to your identity while acknowledging that identity's fault? That's just, it's really hard.
1: Um, I mean, I think it's interesting because having grown up in a very Irish American community, very Catholic, Irish American, you know, I think that the whole Irish American thing is funny because we like branched off several generations ago and we've like gone this other way and sort of have this weird version of what we think being Irish means, you know, mm-hmm. it's a lot of Catholic, it's a lot of clotta rings, like a lot of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sweaters, a lot of a lot of beautiful knit sweaters, it's a lot, yeah. It's almost like we're still getting our idea of what it means to be Irish from like three generations ago, like when <laughs> when our family got here, you know, and like Ireland has actually moved on with some... They're a whole other kind of Ireland now. We got a, a modern stuff going on. It's 2022. Mm-hmm. So anyway, and, and the way that plays out with Catholicism, I think is interesting as well. So the other thing I actually heard about, so I I know you saw this on my in my personal social media. So I recently went to The Moth in Chicago, and I actually ended up performing. I was so excited for you! You're my, like, storyteller friend, so I was like, Steph will get a kick out of this. One of the other storytellers there, and I... Feel bad I don't remember her name. She told a story from her childhood and then kind of connected it to something that had actually happened to her that day that I had not yet heard about. Oh. Which was that she had been, I guess, protesting sort of in solidarity earlier that day in Pilsen mm. at a church where essentially the Chicago Archdiocese Closed this church, and the parishioners are primarily Mexican and Polish American. I think the parish was started when it was a uh, there were a lot of Polish folks living in that area. Pilsen is a fascinating area in terms of immigration. It is any Chicagoans uh, know that, or if you don't, you know, you can mm-hmm. go down that rabbit hole. Pilsen's uh, interesting. You know, was really primarily Mexican American for a long time. Still is, but it's pretty rapidly. Being gentrified. Yeah. I kind of think that, you know, is really the reason that their attendance is lower. And the Catholic Archdiocese, it seems, this is a sort of a case study of the way in which certain parishes, particularly those in gentrifying areas where there's a lot of young people, mm-hmm. mostly white young people coming in who are not going to Catholic church, are moving in. And also, it might be lower income families, so they're not getting the. The money from in the collection plates that they ah. would like in those churches, so they're they're closing these churches. And ah. I didn't even think about this, but she mentioned in her story that there's something that they do to a church. Oh, it's like D de- basically they make it not holy anymore. They deholify it. They do. <laughs> it's not the word, but yeah, <laughs> essentially, like the Catholic Church is considered holy, and they do a thing to unholy it. So that then they could sell it to become like condos or whatever um, and make a lot of money because they've got this property in Pilsen that I imagine is going to make them a lot more money than, uh, you know, their maybe lower income, smaller uh, congregation will if they just sell it to a developer.
0: I mean, I kind of always wondered because it feels like there's so many churches being turned into like breweries, for instance, or theater spaces, but mostly breweries, it feels like around here. I never thought about the it need the transition from holy site to non holy site.
1: the Archdiocese has sold a lot of their former schools to in Chicago at least to Chicago public schools, and those have become public schools mm-hmm. oh um, yeah, or charter schools or um the school I mm-hmm. grew up going to when I was younger that my dad and his family, his siblings went to is now a charter school in Chicago, so I imagine they could make a lot of money with this church and Pilsen. Anyway, so there's a group of women, Polish and Mexican women primarily, who are specifically trying to defend, they don't want the removal of this statue of the Virgin Mary there. That is very important to a lot of women in the community. And the archdiocese is sending folks to try to remove it. The archdiocese is saying, well, we're just going to move it to another parish. But it also sounds like they're really not engaging in dialogue with these women at all. Wait, what? (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) <laughs> not engaging with women in dialogue so women were literally chaining themselves t- to a fence in front of the virgin mary to not let these trucks pass to remove the statue and so far they've been successful wow they have not removed the statue but i guess it's just uh a matter of time,
0: it's amazing that people are coming together to do that. It awes me when something means something so much to somebody that they come together to, to say that. It.
1: It's like David and Goliath, and you're like, dude, Catholic Church, Archdiocese, you're Goliath right now. You see that? You notice uh-huh. that? No, never. It's like, these women are oppressing us. Help, help. Right. But yeah, it's just interesting. On the one hand, I feel like I have a sense of a little bit of like a side eye of some like super Catholic Polish lady because like, does that mean she's, you know?
0: Right. You're like, would I agree with her on most things? No.
1: Maybe not. But maybe. I don't know. You know, people have lots of, but then like this idea of all these women coming together to defend the statue that means a lot to them. That makes me want to fight for them too. You know, that me- that would make me want to stand alongside them. Right.
0: In local breaking news, this reminded me, uh, we were driving over this bridge near my house uh, the other day and my husband was like, look out the window, look out the window. So there's been this weird, like we're not sure what they're doing, construction thing on this like ledge over this ravine. Mm. No idea what was going on. Could not figure it out. And He's like, "Look, we f- I finally figured out what it's for." And I look out the window, and there is a giant statue of a Virgin Mary. Oh, that has appeared. I will come back to you with updates as I figure out who is doing this,
1: why, and how. Our Lady of the ledge of the ravine. <laughs> it's just a statue. Uh, they're not like it's a. Is it they're building a church or they're just? It's a, just a statue.
0: It looked like someone was building a fire pit for the longest time. So then all of a sudden, there's a statue. So I'm fascinated. Yeah, keep us updated. To see what's going on. Feels right. Like I, if it was a Jesus or a cross, I might think it was anybody. But it's a Mary. So it's got to be someone Catholic. Got to be the Catholic. You're Up to some gorilla statue raising around here.
1: You know what that reminds me of? And I guess I should have brought this up in the Mary episode. But I had totally forgot to like right now. I think I was in middle school there was this giant like stainless steel Virgin Mary that some artists had created and it was touring Catholic churches around our oh around our neighborhood and so it was like oh my gosh big deal like the such and such Virgin Mary is coming to Queen of Martyrs and people we would just go to the parking lot where this giant statue was and like I don't know look at it that was like the thing everyone gathered Ooh. I remember it being very towering and like stainless steel so it didn't feel particularly welcoming really mm-hmm. it felt kind of cold except I, there was something with the, the way the eyes were done I remember the eyes looked very I don't remember like they were watching you or something. it was It was Ooh. honestly a little bit of an ominous Virgin Mary if I'm being honest I'm not but right. it was like a big deal it was like come see the yeah. and then we like went to you know cheerleading practice or whatever it's just
0: moving on with your day.
1: <laughs> on to the next thing. Ugh. All right, a lot of a lot of Virgin Mary in this episode. I mean, you can't really escape her. Yeah, that is. <laughs> there's no escaping <laughs> the Virgin Mary. She's always watching. Okay, so baptism. Baptism. Let's do it. You know, we mentioned this is an interesting topic for you because you've got a baby, and Catholic baptisms isn't is normally done by people with babies. <laughs> Normally, I would like to hear about baptism more generally from you, your experience. But I also am curious. Like, are you thinking of baptizing your child? And have you gotten questions from your family about baptizing? Definitely gotten
0: questions for sure. So, I mean, it's not like I can remember my
1: baptism. No, most of us can't.
0: I do know that. I mean, I don't know what happened to my baptismal gown, but I know like some people got hand, like their hand-me-down. Items that I was baptized in Mm -hmm. this now, I'm going to baptize my child in this. I know for some reason when my grandmother died, we found like a baptismal gown in her closet. I think it might have been the one most of her kids had been baptized in. Oh, wow! I'm not entirely sure though, that could be very wrong. Yeah, so there's that traditional thing. I didn't attend too many as an adult because we were, I don't know, I think at a certain point we would go if you were a godparent, but otherwise Mm -hmm. you didn't really travel in for a baptism, yeah, I don't think.
1: Not like a wedding. It's like a little. It's like a step down from a wedding. That like right. Everyone yes. Wants to do. Yeah. Yes. You'd come for that. Absolutely.
0: I am the godparent to a couple of my uh, my nieces and my nephew, and I think it was only for their oldest that i we actually had like a baptism baptism otherwise it was just like you're the godparent moving on mm. but that was the first one where i was like i gotta like pour water over his head Ooh, and yeah. because they transitioned away from the catholic church okay so they're christian and it was a, it was cool to be that person for them although i just get so uncomfortable with satan stuff like i
1: just it makes like a, it hurts. There's some Satan stuff in in baptism.
0: It's like the most satany of all of the things that you is. do.
1: We rarely talk about Satan. Most Catholics, I know there's some maybe fringy ones, but it seems like most Catholics rarely talk about Satan, except like baptism. You know, they're like Satan, Satan, Satan.
0: You must renounce Satan. Do you agree to like help this child renounce Satan? Do they keep you? Yes, I do. Yes, I will. And I think you. There's a couple services where you like redo those vows. I can't remember. I remember doing those like a, as a congregation at some point. Like, yes, I will. Yes, we do.
1: Yeah, that's right. That feels culty. so, uh, I just don't like talking about, it. I don't like, I don't like them.
0: Uh, I'm not a fan. Yeah,
1: maybe that's because you're a good, you're a good Catholic.
0: Just, sure a you Catholic were. With an overactive imagination is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh my I, goodness. I don't like them either. You have lots of opinions on baptism, don't you?
1: Xavier is giving us his full all his feelings
0: all the feelings you might have to come up and say hi to Anne because you like to talk to people at the in the computer so I'm just like yes I will but looking at these perfect children this perfect child in my hands I'm like Mm -hmm. why am I even bringing Satan up right now this is ridiculous to me it just doesn't mesh with what I think we should be discussing with a new life it just doesn't feel right to me yeah and then you know i remember i think it was in ccd there was a, a test on the seven sacraments and i feel like that's really when i learned more about baptism like why it's there and just getting really weirded out by the idea that yes you're born with the original sin but that that could actually, this is what made me doubt the existence of God. I would say one of the first things that did, I was like that a God who is all powerful and supposedly gives you unconditional love would not let a child into heaven because they died before they were baptized. Blew my skull open. I was like, I do not understand. Mm-hmm. Nothing about what you're saying jives <laughs> with me. It really pisses me. It pissed me off. It made me really mad at God to think you were that petty. Yeah. That you would do that. Like, oh, we didn't go fast enough. Or this innocent child who does not have the ability to feed themselves, let alone make a choice. That you're going to cast them from your kingdom of heaven. I was like, I don't think I like that God very much, and frankly, don't want to. I don't really want to be part of his church. Like that's like the feelings that really learning about baptism evoked for me as a as a young person. It it made me crazier. Like I was like, okay, confirmation, fine. Uh, first communion, fine. Confession, help me, but fine. (laughs) But baptism, still, when I really think about what it was, what I was told the purpose was. Mm -hmm. I just I still don't get it I guess yeah maybe it's different than what I've surmised through the years but that's really where it left me as I as I learned about it as a young person
1: yeah you know I actually that's not something I looked into I know that there was limbo there was this idea of limbo which is like for unbaptized babies and then they don't go to purgatory no, they go to limbo, which we forgot to. We I didn't even talk about during our afterlife uh, episode, but
0: because one of them doesn't exist
1: anymore, right? Is it pur- limbo? Limbo. I think it's limbo. I think purgatory might still exist, right? Okay, we're gonna have to. You're call. <laughs> Baby is joining the call. We're
0: dialing him in. Okay, patching you in. Here we go, bud.
1: There we go. Oh, hi. <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: Oh, you're a little stinky. It's getting big. Okay. He's he's three months old
1: today. Yay! Happy three months. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness.
0: And also, the word limbo really is like what a silly word. It is
1: like doing the limbo.
0: What, who made someone, I feels like someone made it up at the last second. It's like, <laughs> oh, and they go to um look around the room. There's a stick. <laughs> they go to limbo. Uh, that's it. That's where they're going. So yes, and everybody is asked. Well, not everybody. But we've had a couple questions about baptizing him, and we did choose his godparents because in my family, that is a cultural thing. Mm -hmm. But then I said, you know, so-and-so is his godparent, and I was like, oh, so you're getting him baptized. I was like, no, no, no. No, that's not happening. I mean, if we even went to church casually, I think I could see considering it but we don't. So it feels like making an appointment to do that is a lot. Right. Because we, cause oh we my don't.
1: Goodness. He's smiling. He thinks this is great. <laughs> he's like, yeah, that'd be ridiculous. That would be perfect. I'm perfect. <laughs> I don't need that. Huh. Oh my gosh, he's so happy. He
0: loves talking to people, huh?
1: You're a so, social little
0: Leo you are. There you go. And again, it's, you know, Tom... When we were doing this, starting this podcast, I think he asked me, he's like, are you going to become Catholic by doing this? You know, is it suddenly going, are you going to suddenly change once the baby's born too? Is that going to affect you? Right. But it comes back to what I was just saying. It's like, well, I think I would even take him to uh, to mass. Mm-hmm. I think I'll take him to mass. I'd love to take him to a bunch of services to see if any of them jive uh, for anything him. Anything sticks, yeah. But for like right now, I'm like, what would the purpose be? To cast Satan out of his life. I don't believe it's there. Right To make sure he doesn't go to limbo. A, it doesn't exist anymore. And B, I just, I can't square that concept in my head no. with any sort of benevolent God that doesn't.
1: It's one of like the most awful things, really. I mean, it sounds like sociopathic, frankly. <laughs> it feels that way.
0: And I'm sure a beautiful Catholic scholar can like figure out how to frame it for me. Maybe Father Anne could do it in a way that, makes more sense but yeah it's it's just a really hard one for me to get around
1: has the theology changed on that i feel like maybe i got rid of limbo and so then it's like oh yeah babies go to heaven i don't know because we just in the afterlife one it was like well if you've followed jesus's teaching you have a chance at heaven even if you're not catholic so that which is a new thing so now it's like well that'd be babies right I mean babies aren't. right no i think i
0: think they would probably go straight to heaven now
1: straight there do not let go
0: but i want to know more, like who decided on limbo and who john that got rid of limbo that's a good
1: question we do a whole thing on limbo i don't know who got rid of limbo
0: i know who got to say did did god come to somebody in a dream and he's like look i'm done with this one
1: I'm taking a shot in the dark and saying it was a man mm-hmm. probably one without any children mm-hmm. either way all of these decisions limbo and no limbo all decisions made by men it's man-made it's not god-made
0: so what are we doing
1: i agree if
0: baptism if the real vibe around it was like this is a new member of our community which I, is part of it it is mm-hmm. i think that's part of the ceremony it's like this is we're all going to raise him together it takes a village yeah i love that idea i feel that my community of friends and family are helping to raise him mm-hmm but I don't. I don't think I've ever felt that the people I go to church with are the people that are going to help raise my child. I've never belonged to a church in that sense. I, again, I moved a lot, so maybe I just never got to know anybody. Maybe you would feel differently. But I mean, I'm not like, yeah, this is my, this is my full community. That doesn't. That's not where I've lived.
1: I guess that was. You know, I guess I when I was baptized, uh, when I was. That's okay. He can just. I think it is perfectly appropriate for baby noises to be in the background of a baptism episode. So we're going to let that happen. Oh, okay. Enjoy the baby noises, everybody. (laughs) Listeners. Enjoy. Yeah. I mean, I think, I imagine when, when we were baptized, that was kind of the deal, like that was our community, was our Catholic church. I mean, I don't feel like I attended a ton of baptisms growing up or anything. I knew that I had been baptized and saw pictures. I knew that I had worn like the family gown that was passed down. I remember we had to bring it in kindergarten. You got a pass down one. I got one that was my mom. Yeah, so it was just like from the 60s. But we had to bring it in kindergarten, bring in our baptism gown. That was like one of our assignments. Like, show and tell of your baptism. Count. Wait, what grade? Kindergarten. Okay, I could see. I feel
0: like my mom would have gotten rid of ours immediately. But
1: yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Like, Or what if you pass it on to someone else to wear? Or I don't know. So I did end up getting my kids baptized. Right. And it was. It was exactly what you said. It was all like wanting godparents and wanting some kind of ceremony to say, like, this is our community, you know? hmm And so my older son was baptized at a Catholic church. It was a friend of the family who was a priest. It was at the church I'd grown up in. The priest who was the pastor there was a huge weirdo, super right-wing jerk, and was kind of a jerk about my son's name, being not a saint name. But he wasn't there the day of. And they didn't charge us any money. I thought they were going to charge us to use a church. And he was like, no, you can use it. And that was it. Oh. I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to just, even though you're a jerk, I'm going to. Come use your church. Yeah. The, the pictures. Oh, I meant to like have the pictures for you to see. Anyway, they're be- it was, they have this special room that's like all stained glass. On the side. It was beautiful. And we chose godparents for my son. Yeah. And then for my younger son, we were members at this Methodist church. And that one did. It felt meaningful in a different way. They like had created a banner that said like, God bless, you know, my son's name. And we again chose godparents two godmothers this time. Nice. Super lucky kiddo. Two godmothers. <laughs> that one felt a little more like meaningful because we actually had a church community of people that who I like genuinely, even though I'm the worst church member ever, because I rarely go. Uh, it's people who I mostly like and feel like we share values. So that part was nice. That's what it should be. Yeah. My older son got a family gown from my husband's side. He wore a fam- one of the family gowns. There were like several oh, nice. of them. My younger son was a Hulk of a little baby, and we didn't fit into anything. We had like three family gowns between the two of us, and he didn't fit in any of them, so we got something else. Really? Yeah. So my mother-in-law purchased like five baptism gowns, brought them across the country here we chose one and then she returned the rest that's how we did that I was like all right whatever works I don't know it is weird I think it did occur to me especially after my older son like oh he's like Catholic now and I hadn't actually thought too much about the reality of that
0: because it's a tradition
1: Yeah, I was really just thinking of it in terms of marking this new person and marking his entrance into our family and community kind of thing. I was 0% interested in the religious part. And in fact, as we said, the parts of the baptism was like, well, this isn't legit. Like, we're promising to raise him in the faith. And I was like, but I'm not going to. (laughs) My fingers crossed. I could justify. I could be like, listen, I think I'm going to raise him in the best parts of the values of the faith that I hold on to. And some of that aligns. and then the parts that don't align i'm not not gonna that's really what everybody's doing right i mean i think that's better than like going to church and then teaching them to be jerks i don't know Mm -mm. so one thing i did was actually look up the catechism of the catholic church oh great so you can tell me what i've gotten wrong (laughs) well maybe the i couldn't read the even the whole section on baptism i mean i could have if i wanted to spend a lot of time it is all um (laughs) Have you read the catechism? I ha- I don't know that I've ever actually read like the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which is like the official, very long, detailed document. I think
0: other than like the workbooks we got through CCD, that's about as much research as I did.
1: We don't read the Bible, but it's not like we're like sitting there reading the catechism either. We're not. I'm mm-hmm. sure priests are looking at it all the time, but not just regular people. So it reads like. Um, do you ever read the side of a Dr. Browner's bottle? <laughs> yes.
0: <Yeah. laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so just when I take a really long shower, I just sit there and yeah. read it. So I'm like, I always find something new.
1: It's just like kind of goes on and on and it like sounds like someone who's like slightly delusional. It's a little poetic, but it just sounds like this person's a little like off the rocker and truly like maybe needs to be medicated, which I think was the case with Dr. Bronner, in fact. Right. I think that's the situation. That's what the catechism reads like. There's no bullet points. There's barely paragraphs. And it's just it's poetic. And in a way, it's beautiful. And in a way, it sounds a little like, what is anyone talking about? Okay. (laughs) For instance. So here here's some excerpts. Uh, this is in the baptism section. What is this sacrament called? This sacrament is called baptism, after the central rite by which it is carried out. To baptize, Greek baptizeen means to plunge or immerse. The plunge into the water symbolizes the catechumen's burial into Christ's death. What? From which he rises up by resurrection with him, a quote, "new creature," end quote. I don't know what they're quoting. A new creature. A new creature. You get buried in the water. <laughs> You're buried it means you're plunged and also you're buried like in Christ's death, but then you resurrect like this part really surprised me. It said this bath is called enlightenment because those who receive this instruction are enlightened in their understanding. Having received in baptism, the word quote, the true light that enlightens every man and quote, the person baptized has been enlightened. He becomes a son of light. Indeed. He becomes light himself. What is anyone talking about? Like, is this amazing or is it crazy? Both.
0: Yes, that is very Brawner. (laughs) Right? He is light himself. It's more joyful than I was expecting.
1: It is joyful. It's just confusing. Yes. There's a lot of quotes where I'm not sure what they're quoting. And like, enlightenment. I've never heard any Catholic talk about enlightenment. No. But they seem to mean something different than like what we would say enlightenment is. Yeah. It said, baptism is God's most beautiful and magnificent gift. We call it gift, grace, anointing, enlightenment, garment of immortality, bath of rebirth, seal, and the most precious gift. Then it goes on to kind of explain some of these. Baptism because sin is buried in the water. What? Wait, what? I guess you're burying your sin in the water. There's a lot of burying and there's a lot of anointing for it is priestly and royal, as are those who are anointed. So are we all priestly and royal? I doubt that. It seems. Okay, go on. No, the one I like the most, it says clothing, since it veils our shame.
0: Our bodies?
1: I guess. That's what I'm saying. Is that like Adam and Eve realizing they were naked? That's what I thought of. Like, it veils our shame. Like, baptism veils our shame. It's a garment of, I don't know, stuff. I don't know what they're talking about. It kind of feels
0: like it's trying to say everything and nothing at the same time so that it can be interpreted however you please you know <laughs> it's like maybe like a genius move i'm not sure like well i think i can see it right here it says this and somebody else can say the exact opposite because it's not know.
1: like catholics and all christians like to take things and interpret them to their own meanings <sighs> oh, nobody never, does that never 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 never
0: yeah when you said sins buried in the water i thought like yeah sins were lurking in the water like- that's
1: what i thought at first too mean mean little frogs or something yeah they wax poetic about water at one point since the beginning of the world water so humble and wonderful a creature again why are they calling it a creature this is an odd i don't know if this is just a because it was it written in italian and i don't know what this was written in and translated so water's alive then they go start talking about noah and the flood okay occasionally then they throw in a little bit of actual logistical stuff like they talk about baptism mostly being done for babies but then it says today and all the rites. the christian initiation of adults begins with their entry into the catechumenate they just like to make up big words and reaches its culmination in a single celebration of the three sacraments of initiation so baptism confirmation and eucharist so those would happen all together if you become catholic when you're an adult
0: have you ever had those Easter services where they do mass baptism?
1: You talked about that, but I don't know. If I have, I don't remember it. Yeah. So I like, I know that that's the day that everybody that was in,
0: what's the word for it called? RC, whatever.
1: RCIA. RCIA, yes. Whatever that stands for, like CCD, RCIA. Right. Yeah.
0: So all the adults that are becoming Catholics become, that's Easter's the day they do it. At least in the churches I've been to.
1: That makes sense. So I used to dread
0: that Easter Sunday Mass because it was forever. And then I think that's when we did the whole, like, we all renounce Satan again.
1: The Satan. You know what? That makes sense because they bless. This is something I learned while I was looking into this. They bless the water on Easter Sunday. That's when Mm -hmm. they bless the holy water that is used for baptism. And it lasts a year. I don't know. I don't know if it expires. Expiration date. Holy water expiration date. I don't know. And then it unholies.
0: Hurry, <laughs> right, right, hurry, it's unholy.
1: So I've got a little bit of a, a baptism quiz for you. <gasps>
0: I love quizzes.
1: Are you ready? Yes. If one were to baptize their baby, where should the baby be baptized? Where should they go? To to the
0: to the altar of
1: the church? <sighs> no, the baptismal font. Yeah, well, even before, like if you wanted to take your baby to be baptized, who would you call? Oh, the priest who's priest
0: my my priest
1: yes so ideally this next piece is sort of the opposite of what i just read i feel like i'm tricking you but we're taking a <laughs> we're taking a shift in tone so uh, this is like an article from the jesuit post called catholic 101 planning a baptism so it's kind of like <laughs> so you want to <laughs> baptize your baby and it's a jesuit priest and he is bringing humor to it and stuff it's kind of fun so yeah your baby should be baptized at your own parish And then he's sort of like, but what if you don't have a parish? Because I think what what priest realizes a lot of adults who were raised Catholic aren't going to church, aren't going to church and they have a baby. They're like, oh, shoot, we need a parish. So then he basically I mean, this is a way they try to get people back in the church. It seems that makes sense to me. Oh, you want to baptize your baby. So they're like, call the local. This is his thing. He's like, you don't have a parish. No worries go to the parish closer to you or like here's a directory where you can look up parishes in your area so the article is kind of trying to get people to go to church like through the article
0: that makes sense to me because i can't imagine you call a church and be like hey i want to baptize my baby they're like we won't take your kind here well maybe now they'll be like do you believe that women should have the right to choose right if they can have a child if so you're not allowed to baptize your child here i don't know
1: i do think it actually does come up that like same-sex parents even though they can't be catholic maybe want to baptize their kid catholic because maybe one of them was raised catholic or whatever and i think that is up to the discretion of the priest basically that makes sense it's that whole thing where priests have a lot of power who would whichever priest happens to be at that church has the power so this priest does say in this article that could do it somewhere else for instance if you have strong ties to the parish you grew up in or if you have he even says like if you have elderly relatives who can't travel and you needed to do it at a parish by them
0: Actually, now come to think of it, yeah, I think I was baptized around here, even though we lived in Chicago at the time.
1: No, oh, there you go. I think so. I gotta find that out. You don't have your baptismal certificate just framed in your office? Lay it or... around. <laughs> gotta ask my parents. Steph, yes. Do you need to have a godmother and a godfather for your baby to have them baptized? I think yes. So you need at least one. You need at least one godparent. To guide you
0: in the way of the Lord.
1: You need at least one godparent who fulfills these criteria. They have to be designated by the parents. He says, I know this seems obvious, but to quote one of my former spiritual directors, every rule comes from somewhere. So I think he's like implying that the grandparents are trying to choose them or something. Oh Or you like think
0: the priest is going to do it.
1: At least 16 years old. Although this is to the, this is, it seems like up to the discretion of the priest. Like if the kid's like, If it's like a 15-year-old or something, maybe. Yeah, okay. The godparent needs to be a practicing Catholic who's been confirmed and received first communion, which is funny to me because my older son, both his godparents were raised Catholic, Mm -hmm. but neither of them is practicing. My brother's an atheist, so I don't know. But there was no, like, they didn't have to do anything. I just had to be like... They just took your word for it? I remember the priest was like, where were they... Baptized, or where were they confirmed? And I knew that, and told him. Well, I mean, according to the Catholic Church, right? Once you have those things, you're in
0: for life. So that's all that matters.
1: It's that's practicing Catholic, but you know. And then it cannot be one of the parents. Cannot be the godparent. You it has to be someone else. So someone. It's like having a wedding and a witness. Like you have to have somebody outside the parents do it.
0: I like that. I don't know who came up with that, but I always thought of the godparent as. Like somebody you could go to when your parent, like you can't go to your parents. Yeah. That's kind of what it had meant a little bit to us. Like, I'm like, I have a question about something. You go to your godparent. Yeah.
1: Birthday parties, it was often like grandparents and godparents. Like, if we were trying to do a smaller birthday party or mm-hmm. whatever, godparents were like always invited to stuff. I feel like I always got presents from my godparents at holidays <laughs> yep that was our big thing we couldn't give presents to everybody but it was a godparent godchild
0: exchange yeah. which just
1: is like a good practical thing like it just mm-hmm. make, keeps things easy you know it occurred to me recently like i've started doing that for my kids for their like family birthday parties that's oh, all by well. their godparents that's which, great yeah so you need at least one godparent who meets that criteria the other person Doesn't need to be of the opposite sex. So gender, you know, the Catholic Church. Oh, you can have two godmothers. You can. You can have two women or two men. It doesn't matter. And one person could be a non-Catholic Christian, as long as you have one who is Catholic. However, you cannot have a non-Christian. No Jewish godparents. No Jewish, no Hindu, nothing. They need to be Baptized and confirmed in some Christian church. Jesus needs to be a thing because the idea is they're supposed to guide the child in living a Christian Jesusy life. You know, life. Okay, which is totally what my kids' godparents are doing—just talking about Jesus all the time with my kids. That's what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like my dad was my cousin's godparent and he was also an atheist. I think, and it's just like you know, you do it because you love the kid and the family not because you necessarily are into Jesus at least that's been my experience
0: my mom got to pick my godmother and my dad got to pick my godfather Mm -hmm. and my dad picked an army buddy of his that like I never saw again after I was the age of two Mm. and I was always so jealous that my brother and sister got godfathers who they saw yeah but recently because i did some theater out in montana and that's he lives out west i like connected with him oh he's a really awesome guy like i mean he's a pilot who used to like put out forest fires like he's the kind of guy that cool. flew over a forest fire like he's just lived a, an awesome life and i know i never would have like just gotten in touch with a random army buddy of my dad it's like i need to reach out to my godfather i love that and he's a he's great and so we've Connected again, and it's just—it is sort of feels like an unbreakable bond to this man. That's very sweet. No, we've never talked about Jesus though.
1: No. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> Let's see. One more quiz question. Yes. Should the baptism happen during Mass or outside of Mass?
0: Okay, so the adult ones definitely happen during Easter, but I don't think it was a whole Mass when I when yeah. kids are
1: baptized. So I'm going to say it can happen either. Yes, it was a trick question and you got it. Ah! <laughs> it can happen either. Yeah, during mass or outside of mass. I don't know that I've... Hmm. Actually, that's not true. I was trying to say I don't know if I've ever been to a Catholic mass that had a baby baptism. That's not true because when I was growing up, we went to a monthly fire department mass and there was one time that they had a baptism at that mass. But... Normally, I most nah. of them that I've been to have been outside of mass, which is great because, like, Catholic weddings you have to sit through a whole like it ends up being like an hour and a half with mass. So, long. yeah, so I like that we're not doing that. Plus. I'm sure there was, there's like some practicality thing where it's like babies don't last that long unless they fall asleep, but like things could go very badly. So what are you talking about? My baby's <laughs> thing through this whole podcast. He really is doing great right now. Now that but you're getting a workout, so as long as I never stop moving, that's that's it. That's all you gotta do. Uh-huh. The other things that this article tells us about baptism, Catholic baptism, there is a prayer of exorcism. That's it. He tries to make light of it here. He goes, no, your baby isn't possessed, no matter how loudly they scream and cry. Like, mm. <laughs> uh, the key line of this prayer is, we pray for this child, set him or her free from original sin and make him or her a temple of your glory and send your Holy Spirit to dwell with him. The prayer is about cleansing the baby from original sin, which is one of the key effects of baptism. Key effects. No more original sin all right you're done and then there's the renunciation of sin and profession of faith so this is when the parents and godparents say this part and this is they do you reject satan and all his works and all his empty promises i re- see i have the i do this is when the yeah the rejecting Satan. the article says um a lot of people know this line from the movie the godfather which i was like oh. no i don't think i've seen the godfather but whoa okay i don't know I haven't seen a lot of the sort of classics that people have seen. And then the parents and godparents are affirming the statements of the Apostles' Creed. I mean, this is all just making me realize that we were just big liars through the whole baptism. (laughs) Like, (laughs) me, my husband, and the godparents were like, yeah, we believe in Jesus. And he was the son of God. Right on up there on the altar. So we're just lying all over the place in church. And then this is when the baptism happens. Um, He says, this was written recently because he says, any alterations to the phrasing make the baptism invalid, which can cause a real headache down the road. And it links to that thing about the priest saying the wrong words. Oh, yes. Saying we instead of I. Invalid. So dumb. I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then they pour in the water. And then the sacred chrism, which is only used, you know, when the chrism is used.
0: I'm sorry. What is a chrism? Okay, don't know what a chrism is
1: and it sounds It's the oil. It's the anointed oil oh. that like smells nice too.
0: Oh, okay. So ask me the question again now that I know what chrism is.
1: When <laughs> when is it used in the Catholic Church? There's only three times. When you get baptized? Mm-hmm. Maybe when you die? Nope. They do anoint the dying, but they don't use that. That's where I was going with. Okay, I got nothing. When you get baptized, when you get confirmed I don't remember that. And for most people it ends there. I don't either, but if you become a priest. And that was the point in the baptism where the priest, friend of our family, for my benefit, I think, explained that part about the chrism when it's used and then said, he said, you know, sort of made a joke like, well, if he becomes a priest one day, then he would use it again, which I was like, mm, yeah. not getting, not even getting confirmed, let alone. But then he, he did make a joke. Like I say that at girls baptisms too. And everybody gasps. And I say, uh, ah, report me to the Pope. See what happens. He like made a, made a joke implying that women should be able to become priests, which I feel oh. like was for my benefit. So I appreciated that. That's about it. As I was, researching this one thing i found was catholicbaptismprep.com and their tagline was equipping parents and godparents for the task of raising strong catholic children and then it said trademark like they had trademarked strong catholic children that's the part they trademarked i think so wow tm strong catholic children seems like some kind of really intense parishes are making parents and even godparents like take a class
0: i don't well i didn't Become a godparent in a Catholic
1: church. Yeah. But no, that would be... I mean, that would have been a deal breaker for me. If they were like, you have to take a class and you're the godparents and have to take a class, I would have been like, never mind. We're not doing this. Not happening. It's again that one of those things like the priest has so much power. Whichever priest happens to be the pastor at a church really gets to determine like... What happens. Yeah. Who they'll baptize and what the rules are and if you have to take a class and all these things. Yeah, so that's baptism. Okay, so I...
0: Think I've not been persuaded to change my mind just
1: yet. <laughs> uh, I was wondering, maybe this episode would. I've. I don't know. I really would have surprised myself if I somehow accidentally persuaded you to baptize your child.
0: That would be something. I mean, I wasn't sure once he was born if I was going to change my mind, I'd be like, "Oh my God, he has to be baptized." Yeah, we all baptize our children, but like, and the, that impulse has not kicked in yet. I understand. I mean, he might be possessed, uh,
1: I'm not sure, but <laughs> he doesn't look possessed to me. <laughs> wow. wow, wow. Got the spirit is what he's got. He's just <laughs>
0: <laughs> lots of spirit.
1: Steph, you had this great idea of recommendations for our lapsed listeners. Do you have any?
0: Yes, on the twenty-first of October, the Modern Love column of the New York Times. Mm-hmm. I think it was such a great article for somebody lapsed to read. The title is called Young, Gay, and Single Among the Nuns and Widows. Oh. And it's about how this guy, after he graduated college, ended up living with his Irish Catholic grandmother as she stopped eating because she was choosing to die. Oh, wow. But how he like was living in this like, Catholic community for that time, this like, Catholic senior living area. Sounds
1: all very complicated.
0: It's just really interesting to... A Conversation About Culturally Catholic. It was a really beautifully written article, and I just, yeah, I, I highly recommend it.
1: Oh, all right. I want to check that out. Anything from you? Yes. I was listening to Glennon Doyle's podcast. Do you know Glennon oh, Doyle? Yeah. yeah. She and her wife, Abby Wambach, and Glennon Doyle's sister have a podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. Glennon Doyle was raised Catholic. Abby went to Catholic school, so um, she talks about that. They interview, specifically, they interview Melissa McCarthy, Oh. which is why I listened to this episode, because I am a huge Melissa McCarthy fangirl. Melissa McCarthy is a Southside Irish Catholic lady. Whoa. She grew up in the Burbs. So, you know, she's related to Jenny McCarthy, their first cousins. No way yes and those mccarthys are from the parish that my mom and grandma are from and that was like a thing ah. there was like some event once where it was like oh jenny mccarthy's here signing autographs do you want an autograph and i was like who is she and why am i supposed to... are we mm. <gasps> i mean at the church she was doing autographs at like a fundraiser for something wow okay she went to my high school listen no shade about the playboy whatever the the anti-vax stuff is where i have oh. problems with her but yes She's written books. She actually wrote a book about growing up Catholic, and I read the first page and was like, "This seems like a book of lies." Ooh. (laughs) She claimed that she was bullied at my at the Catholic high school that we both went to because um, she's older than me. um, Because she was working class, I was like, as opposed to what? Like the whole neighborhood. I would say ninety percent of those girls are like from very what I would consider working class. It was Mm. anywho. (laughs) <laughs> so that was the thing growing up is like oh jenny mccarthy she was like our celebrity that we had she went to the schools i went to her cousins went to school with us at queen of martyrs so melissa mccarthy lived in the burbs went to a different all-girls catholic high school grew up there anyway so now it's her cousins who we went to school with which is much cooler it's much, uh, in my oh absolutely in my brain it is much cooler to be melissa mccarthy's cousin get
0: melissa mccarthy
1: that's part of why I think I love her is because like her sensibility. I feel like I know her like that. Yeah, she's got a vibe. But she reminds me of people I know, and she's so funny and so lovely. Yes, she and Abby Wambach talk a lot about growing up, going to Catholic school, and I just oh. nerded all the way out because she. It's just what Melissa McCarthy is talking about is a very Irish Catholic South Side suburby. Kind of thing. So I recommend everyone listen. It is a very funny episode. The hosts are basically laughing through the whole episode because she's hilarious. Yes, I want now. Come on, pull your neighborhood
0: connections. Let's get Melissa McCarthy on this.
1: Oh, Chara, sure. let me just... just pull it. We do know people in common. She actually has a new HGTV show, Melissa McCarthy, with her cousin Jenna, who oh. went to school was the same grade as my brother. So shout out Jenna and shout out Melissa McCarthy. Always, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, we have a
0: special collection because it's a special time of year. Sure is.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is election season. We're going to suggest you donate to Fairelectionscenter.org because we think fair elections are very important and are an important part of justice and democracy.
0: (sighs) Everyone... Use your voice as proudly as my son here. <laughs> Make your opinions oh, known. Oh, man.
1: We'll have to do a video episode because this baby, or at least maybe a, a, an Instagram Live or something. I don't know. Something. This is a cute little baby. I'm just letting you all know. Imagine the cutest baby. There he is.
0: <laughs> just wanting to be part of everything. That's great.
1: Well, and he is. Mm-hmm. He seems pretty happy now. Yes. All right. Well, yes. Steph and Xavier. And also with you.
0: And also with you, Anne.